You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi friends, Nadia Okamoto here, sitting in my bra in a pair of baggy jeans, um, which feels just like it's the necessary thing to get me in the mood to do this episode about not asking for it. Um, This is something that I've been talking a lot about on TikTok, actually, after getting so many sexualizing comments about my vaginal discharge, which I also posted a video of on TikTok. And... um, it's something that I've I've been really passionate about for years now as a sexual assault survivor of really trying to share this message of just because I dress sexy, own my body, choose to show up in like right now sitting in a studio um, with Nick, my producer here, you know, with my shirt off is not asking for it. Right. Um, so as you know, Tigress to me is really all about like unfiltered, you know, unedited conversation around a lot of things that people don't usually talk about and just kind of things that I think about a lot as, you know, patterns in my mind and mindsets that were conditioned into me by past trauma, by society and debunking them. And this concept of not asking for it and reclaiming my body and dress codes and all of this bullshit that I think I've been taught, especially through the American public school system, are things that I have for years in therapy, like done work to try to deconstruct. So what inspired this episode? I have gained like 200,000 followers on TikTok in the last month, which is super exciting. And a lot of that has been from being really unfiltered as I am on this podcast about periods. Um, I'm very passionate about periods. It is the center of my career, the center of why I started my nonprofit, the book that I wrote, you know, now I run a period product company. And to me, it was just a really obvious thing of like, if I run a period product company and I make period products and I want to show people that the period products work, why wouldn't I just show them in use, right? If I was doing a clothing company, I would wear the clothes and I would show you what it looks like on my body. Well, I make tampons and pads, so I'm going to show you how they work. And a lot of people ask like, well, why don't you just use fake blood? And I'm like, well, I do on the three weeks that I'm not on my period every month. But for one week, I'm going to show you the real blood because um, for those of us who get periods, we know that period blood isn't always liquid. 
I actually recently learned that on average, a menstruator will excrete about 111 milliliters of menstrual fluids over a period. Only 30 to 60 of that is actual milliliters of blood. The rest is discharge, the endometrium, the tissue um, from the uterine lining. So rabbit hole about period blood. But for me, I it just seems like obvious, like why I would show period blood on TikTok. And especially as I get questions about what color should period blood be? Why is my period blood brown? Um, what is just discharge? Why is there like clear slug coming out of me? Do I have worms? No, you don't have worms. It's very natural to get discharged every day, right? These are questions that I feel like are made possible for me to answer by being very real and even visual about it. So a few months ago, as I've gotten really comfortable on the app and as I've found a community, even through Tigris, of people who have really thankfully supported me in being even more authentic and unfiltered, I decided to start posting videos with my actual period blood and on with discharge. Um, if you're curious, you can go check it out on my TikTok because I'm actually on my period right now. So there's been a lot of real period blood content this week. But what's super interesting is as I've talked about period blood and as I've talked about discharge and anatomy, because surprisingly, so many people don't know that as uterus owners, we have three holes down there. As I've talked about all these things, I've gotten so many comments from guy like cis guys online being like, oh, like you show our discharge. Can I eat it? Where can I buy it? That's the discharge I want to lick, right? Come sit on my face so I can experience that discharge. Like things like that all the way to, hey, I'm into period sex. Um, you like periods like I can give, put a baby in you so you don't get your period. Like literally saying these things where it's like if I talk about anatomy, if I talk about my body and what I'm going through, that's what's going to come up. And when I post videos like in my swimsuit, you know, and it's kind of why I wanted to like be in the actual physical space. Like I have my shirt off right now in the studio talking about this is because like I've modeled like my biggest contract of the last few years has actually been like a few shoots I've done in a swimsuit. And every time those have come out, every time those pictures have come out and I felt really good about it. And I've all the campaigns I've done are about like feminist activism, being owning your body as a survivor. I get a lot of creepy comments saying, you know, yeah, you survived through sexual assault. Like, let me fuck you now. Like there's, there's been that response of I see skin. Now I'm sexualizing it. And I recently posted a video uh, about a month ago where I was talking about how my left boob expands to twice the size it normally is when I'm on my period and how then my bra doesn't fit. And I showed a video where like I had a little bit of nip slip and I wasn't going to post it. And then I realized like, well, maybe this is another thing I can be really real about. And I got so many comments of people who were like, you know, from cis men who are like, oh, now I have to put my TikTok down and jerk off, right? Like, oh, I just came while I was watching this video. And I started responding to these comments like, that's so offensive. Like me posting a video of my discharge or in owning my body or talking about being a survivor and owning my body, or even if I was just posting a video in a bikini and not talking about being a survivor at all, like what, how screwed up is our system that you see that as oh gosh, I have no choice but to sexualize this, right? And when I started talking back at those comments, I started getting even more messages like of these guys who were so mad, like, screw you, you were asking for it. Like, what do you expect, right? And even people who were like, totally understand you. I don't agree with it, but that's what you get for posting a video with a nip slip, right? Same thing with discharge. Even other, a lot of other like women who self-identify and have feminists in their 
TikTok bio saying, um, you know, this isn't how you advance feminist movements because you're just giving them insight into our sexual organs that they're just going to dominate, right? Like screw you for sexualizing it. And I'm like, wait, all I did was post a video about discharge and literally explain what discharge is made of. And now everybody equates that to sexualization. And it really like highlighted for me, like this is the world that we live in. We live in a world where, you know, and I'm going to talk about women as like this, you know, cis generalizing for cisgender women, because that is my experience. And I cannot speak for the experiences of, you know, transgender women. And that is something that I, um, I, I think for me, I have a lot of empathy for, but of course, like no ex personal experience with, but I think that in our society, like we have come to accept that it's, um, it is the right thing to do that when we see women, anything to do with women's bodies, including learning about our female anatomy, including about seeing skin, we equate that to objects that we can sexualize. And suddenly when that object stands up and says, you have no right to sexualize my body just because I am here, even if I'm not doing it in a sexualized way, if I'm literally here with a diagram of like female anatomy with three circles, this gives you no right to then sexualize that and then tell me I have no right to be angry for them sexualizing it because I was asking for it. And then I'm like, well, this is triggering. It's triggering to like spend hours a day reading through comments or responding to comments saying, stop sexualizing. I'm not asking for it. Why is it triggering? Because the idea of asking for it, being told you were asking for it, what were you wearing? Why are you dressing like that is a narrative that I have heard my whole fucking life. Um, in, in elementary school, when we hit like seven or eight years old, some girls in our class start going through puberty. Um, on TikTok, I've met a lot of seven-year-olds who've gotten their period or um, people who got their periods when they were very young. And I mean, we are all familiar, like third and fourth grade rolls around and there's like a girl in the class who has boobs, right? And everybody's talking about it and it's kind of scary, but like they have boobs and everybody kind of envies, but also judges. And we're for the most part given a dress code. And that dress code for guys is, you know, maybe don't wear tank tops, but more often than not, like guys dress code is like, don't wear a hood in class. Don't wear your hat in class. Girls dress code is you, you have, you cannot wear anything that is shorter than your knees or than your mid thigh or the principal walking around literally with a ruler measuring how many inches above your knees, your dress is going down to. Um, I went to, was sent to the principal office so many times in elementary school because the teachers would say, stand up straight, have your arms by your sides. And if your skirt is higher than your fingertips, you have to go to the office and get a huge t-shirt from the lost and found. And so that's one part of the dress code, right? Don't show your knees, don't show your thighs. And then we're taught, don't show your shoulders, right? We cannot wear spaghetti straps. You have to wear it over the shoulder hump. Guys don't have to do that. Girls have to do that, right? Um, we have to talk about don't showing your cleavage, right? We had this thing where our teachers would say, have your first and your pinky finger extended, put your thumb on your chin and your pinky finger reaching down. If your shirt is below that, then you have to put a new shirt on, right? We grew up with all these dress codes. We cannot show our midriff. And then we ask, why do these dress codes exist? It's because we cannot distract our classmates. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? 
Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote unquote, yes men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. It is distracting for us as young girls who have not hit puberty yet to wear, to show skin, right? And there were creepy middle school teachers in where I grew up in Portland, Oregon, that we would all talk about as, oh, this male teacher said, pull up your shirt because I can see your cleavage and stared at the 12 year old girl's cleavage until she was sent to the principal's office and put on a shirt, right? Like we're taught that if I show my shoulders, I might distract my male classmates from staying focused in their school. What does that teach us as young girls? That teaches us if we're sexual, that, that we as bodies, because we have shoulders are sexualized beings, but we're also taught if we distract our classmates, whose fault is it? It's not their fault. It's our fault. We're the ones who get sent to the principal's office for breaking the first rule of showing our shoulders. If we see a guy who is making comments about our cleavage because our cleavage is showing, but we're just sitting there doing our work, who gets into the principal's office? Not the guy, the girl, because we're the ones who first made the mistake of breaking the rule of breaking the dress code. Like, how fucked up is that? Before we even hit puberty, we're taught this message that, like, we're asking for it. And, you know, for me growing up, I always hated the dress code, but also as popularity games start coming to life in middle school. I remember the popular girls were the ones who broke the dress code, right? We live in a patriarchy in which the social status in many ways still today is built by the approval that we get as young women from this patriarchal society that objectifies us, right? Who are the popular girls in class? Oftentimes the, one who hit, the ones who hit puberty first, the ones who were white, blonde, blue-eyed, in, at least in Portland, Oregon, where most people were white, the ones who fit the type of who the boys were attracted to. So when we think about social power, social status, who gets the most respect, or not even respect, I mean, this is respect as objectification, but like who is of envy of even all the other girls are the ones who are able to show their bodies a little bit more but are objectified. So then guys are empowered to be like, oh, we set the social standard because they have all the power of being like, we determine the social hierarchy because it's based off of who we're attracted to. Meanwhile, the girls are like wanting to, like being taught to want to be objectified, being taught to to desire that external validation, measuring our self-worth by that external validation, getting in trouble at the same time 
when we do get that external validation because we're taught that we're asking for it. And I think that for me, as I posted on social media, I've thought a lot about how like when I, when I have reported being sexually assaulted, being harassed, everyone from the detectives I've talked to, the policemen I've talked to, the authorities, the teachers, the faculty that I've talked to, because it's happened that many fucking times. And even my mother has asked me, well, why were you wearing that? What were you drinking? Right. Those are the first questions out of their mouth. Not, are you okay? Do you need the help that you need? But let's get the facts straight. What happened? Who was it? But also, what were you wearing? Why were you wearing that? Were you drinking? Why were you alone? Right. These questions that cultivate this narrative of, I, as the person who was assaulted, must have done something to ask for that harassment. And that gives me, as the survivor, that holds me accountable as someone to blame. And that is a narrative that's followed me for so long. And I really hope my mom's okay with me sharing this because I, I blame her in no way. My mom loves me and is so protective. And I empathize with my mother so much because she has three daughters who are public about being survivors and three daughters who my mom has protected at all costs. And it breaks my mom's heart that she could not protect us through those moments. And I know she has asked me those questions in the past purely because she wants to keep me safe. And I know that my mom has, you know, when I was in sixth grade, she stopped me going out the door being like, Hey, Nadia, where's the other half of your shirt? And I've teased my younger sister for that, right? I've teased my younger sister as being like, you're going to a party alone? Like, can you put on a, a jacket? Like, we kind of know that we, as even girls, look out for each other being like, cover up, right? Cover up. And like, I, if I'm walking home alone, I put on an extra sweatshirt. Even if it's really hot outside, I carry a jacket around. So if I'm walking home at night in New York City, I don't want to get catcalled. And even if I'm wearing a big oversized sweatshirt, I still get catcalled, right? But I, I want to say that because I empathize with my loved ones, my mom, the people who've been there for me. But I want to point out that we live in such a system that even the people who are watching out for us, who believe that we did nothing wrong, still are pushed to ask these questions because in our society, it's the accepted narrative that if someone is sexualized, if someone is harassed, it is part of that burden falls on the survivor. And for me, having my career being public as an influencer, talking about periods and discharge, there's comments every day sexualizing what I do. When what I do is talk about anatomy. Like I talk about facts. I talk about this is discharge. And that's all I could say. And someone's going to say, can I buy it? Can I eat it? Like how gross is that? Another person I completely empathize with and I actually have now had more vocabulary to have real conversations with is Henry, my boyfriend. Henry is someone where, I mean, he obviously thinks I'm beautiful and reminds me of it many times. God bless his soul. But also like we've gotten into a lot of arguments because if I go out to dinner with my friends or if I even go to like a uh, dinner, you know, with a male investor or something like that, where there is a power dynamic, he will get concerned like in his face if I'm dressing really sexy. Right. And sometimes that's not sexy. Like, oh, like I'm wearing lingerie that could literally be like I'm wearing a tight top. Right. And Henry is like one of the most empathetic, like, you know, he wants to learn. He has this eagerness to learn. And that's actually something I want to talk about on a later episode. Like he has so much empathy and wants to learn and wants to have, he's very progressive politically. 
But he also has that concern, right? As a boyfriend to someone who has been harassed, like he has so much concern for me in the moments when he's not there. And I get triggered. I'm like, screw you for telling me or being concerned or showing emotion or concern for what I wear. But I also empathize with him because I have had instances where I was assaulted. And as for he, as someone who grew up in a system, as we all have, that creates this victim blaming narrative, he's asking these questions out of concern for me. And it's taken a lot of maturity for both of us to sit down and be like, okay, let's talk about why asking these questions of me and being concerned for what I'm wearing is hard for me to hear. Let's talk about why you're asking me those questions. Let's talk about how I am choosing to wear this, not because I want external validation, right? I've had exes be like, who are you dressing for? Who are you showing your skin for? Who are you showing your boobs for? And I'm like, me? Like, I feel good about my body, you know? Um, and it's, I really appreciate the maturity that Henry and I have had, but I think it's still something we're growing through, right? Because we still live in a society where, I mean, I got catcalled walking over here today and I didn't have the emotional energy to turn around and be like, why are you telling me that, right? I just keep walking. That's what we learn to do. So how do we deal with this, right? How do we deal with the fact that we do live in a society that objectifies and sexualizes us from very young ages and we want to stay safe, but also we want to reclaim our bodies. So how I'm kind of dealing with this, and I don't have the answer, and I actually hope this episode kind of catalyzes some conversation in this Tigris community, but for me, I've really adopted it as I'm going to continue being me and be authentic and dressing and showing the skin that I want to because it's for the reasons where I feel comfortable and confident and healed, right? I took my shirt off because I was like, I'm really overheated in the studio. We've been in here for like an hour and a half, but also I'm going to be do something where I talk about reclaiming my body and I feel really comfortable here. I didn't always feel comfortable because I'm insecure about how my boobs aren't even and I haven't shaved in a week and a half. I didn't take a shower for a week because I got eye surgery. Like there are all these things where I used to cover up my body, but for me, I'm, I'm showing my skin not because I want external validation because I'm like, no, I just feel comfortable in my body, right? I dress sexy because I feel sexy not because I am looking to see who's checking me out. And for me, it's taken so much healing. It's taken so much time. It's taking so much support from my support network and healing from my family to stand here as a survivor and say, I did not deserve what happened to me and I am not to blame for what happened to me. And that victim blaming narrative is something that I think society and the system that we live in really tries to make impossible for us to understand as survivors. So to all my survivors out there, I hope you reclaim your body for yourself. I hope you reclaim your voice for yourself. And I hope you know that I believe you and I see you. And what happened to you was not your fault. Nothing you did. I don't care if you were drinking. I don't care where you were, what time it was, what you were wearing. None of that excuses what happened to you. And it's going to take a lot of us collectively doing a lot of unlearning and doing a lot of healing to change this in our society, but I believe that we can do it. So with love and dedicating this to all my survivors out there, I hope you liked this podcast episode. I hope it made sense and I wasn't just ranting and I hope you share and subscribe wherever podcasts are streamed and huge thank you to my team at DCP and my assistants, my producers, my Chi, my manager, Kelsey, for being so incredible and supporting me in my healing journey and making this podcast series possible. Love you. Bye.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.